So, dude, 175 square foot. Oh, yeah, my apartment. It's, <laughs> I, it's fine. It honestly works for me. You know, I live, I live alone, and that's, like, the nicest thing is not having to worry about anybody else. And also, I'm not spending a lot of time in my apartment. I work full time. I don't mm. work from home. I work in Silver Lake. And so I commute every day from there. And then I'm not just doing comedy. You're going to other shows and stuff. So it's like... You know, if I'm not spending time there, look, it's not a dump. Yeah. I feel like people say a hundred, so like I effectively use the space. If anybody can find parking, they're welcome to come over. Uh, but I, I just want to, I want to stress enough because I feel like when I tell people that, they're like, oh, I'm like, no, I, I know how to use the space. Well, I mean, that's like, I feel like New York, right? Like everyone in New York lives in a kind of small ass space. So it's just like, it, it it's possible. Very, it's it possible to live York. in. I feel like where I, where I live in LA is like what you would yeah, like the most like New York vibe. Like that's what people would say about K Town too. But like, I literally live in the shadow of downtown. I see the big buildings. I walk in shit every day, <laughs> and it's it's like you don't get a moment of respite when you live like that. Like like here, it's like a nicer area. It's like you know, like the valley. Like the valley's great. Mm-hmm. I fuck with the valley. Love the valley. One of my favorite record stores is just north of here, Midnight Hour. Okay. Shout out Midnight Hour. Love the valley, but it's not. Yeah, you can't. I just want to walk around. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah, and that's why you'd live down there. I so mean, I live, live down there because it's cheap, <laughs> and it's, it's, if you don't, it's the perfect place for somebody who doesn't drive. I see. Okay, everything's in vicinity then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's super easy to get to the bus, uh, to metro station. I live near a metro station. I'm not going to say which one. Uh, I'm yeah. That's fair. No, keep going. Sorry, I, I usually just do this the first like five minutes to make sure we get the levels right. Awesome. Um, How's it sound? Sound good? Perfect. Yeah, sounds great. How's it sound for you in there? Sounds good. Cool, dude. Hell yeah. Um, are, so you're from Massachusetts, right? Is that where you're from originally? Yes. Yeah. How, how was that? Like, when did you move out to L.A.? I, uh, I moved out to L.A. like right during the pandemic, like right before the pandemic, kind of right when it was starting up in uh, like March 2020. Yeah, like Damn, no, like the really? last week. Of, yeah, the last week of February is when I moved out here because I came out here in January to visit a friend, and then I decided to move out here. Uh, so yeah, that's. And then I found a place in June. So Damn. I moved to Pasadena in June. Did, did you have any like um, aspirations to move to LA before you came to visit, or was oh, that just I on def- a whim? I definitely did. Like as a kid, I was obsessed with LA. I would play Grand Theft Auto San Andreas and just be like, "Wouldn't it be <laughs> sick to live here?" Uh, and, and so that was like my idea of LA, but I feel like when you're from, like everybody wants to get a pl- like away from the place that they're from, you know, like growing up, like I grew up in like small, like small town, Western Massachusetts, literally like, you know, trees, forest, green, you know, little small town, like Norman Rockwell shit. Uh, and so I was like, I want to come to LA. That's like exactly different from where I'm from. So yeah. Do you miss it at all? Oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you go back often? No, I haven't. I haven't gone back in over two years. It's, wow. it's just, it's, it's hard. You know, it's like, I don't drive too. So if I go home, I have to make, you know, do like a driving Miss Daisy thing with my parents, I which see. like sucks. Like, I don't want to be like, Hey mom, Hey dad, drive me everywhere. Like that, that sucks. Do, do you choose not to drive or is this like a thing you just, yeah, don't... no, I, uh, I just, I got into an accident when I was in high school oh, shit. with a friend and that kind of fucked me up yeah. and I have a lot of anxiety around driving and I just like life happened and I never got around to it. Uh, but taking the bus, like, really, it isn't, it isn't that bad. Isn't that no, bad? not at all. Yeah. I, I lived up in San Francisco, and, I mean, it's a lot more different. The city's a lot smaller, you know what I mean? But yeah. um, it's not bad at all, dude. I, I fuck with the fucking bus. And yeah. I used to do it all the time in Hawaii. The, wor- the worst, though, is, like, when you tell people that you take the bus, and they're like, wow. 
that's how do you do that? And you're just like, shut the fuck. That's so condescending. I fucking hate when people do that. They like, they're they're like, how do you do it? I'm like, it's it's not that hard. I'm like, I see people. I just, I don't. I fucking hate when people are condescending about it. Right. Yeah. And it's just like times have changed too. You know what I mean? Because like back, in, I don't. How old are you? I'm 25. 25. Back like back in the day, that was like everyone took the bus. You know what I mean? And it's just like now, it's just I don't know what it is. I don't know. But good for you. Good for taking the bus, dude. You're oh, saving a lot of money. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so let's fuck. Did you do comedy before you came to L.A.? Uh, I mean, I kind of dabbled in it. And I, uh, I dabbled in performing. But I didn't do, didn't do stand-up. I had tried stand-up a few times. But uh, I didn't, you know, ever take it seriously or anything. And then what was the thing that made you start taking it serious out here? Was it the community or... I had been, so like I said, I moved out here in 2020. Um, I moved out here with some friends from high school that I'm still like really close with. And I kind of was like in that, like, you know, in that world for like the first year that I, that I moved here and I was only interacting with people who knew me from, you know, like these were people who knew me in high school. Right. So I like still like very much felt like I was like, okay, I'm still like adjacent to home and I wasn't really putting myself out there. And then in like early, like spring 2021, I was like, you know, it had been like a year and I was like, fuck, I need to like actually kind of start like trying something new, like being like, I didn't just move here to hang out with my friends. You right. Know? Yeah. And like which that, was probably was easy, especially during the pandemic. Dude, you it, know? Wa- it was like shout out, shout out to all my friends, shout out Sa- Sasha, shout out Cassie, shout out DJ. We had we had some fun times. Like it was just it was fun. Like essentially the first year of me living here I was living off that pandemic money, just chilling with friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> And then, uh, but I realized, I was like, I can't do that forever. Right. And I have to create a life for myself. Yeah. And uh, I had always wanted to do comedy. I like, like, I like was into stand up and was like, you know, kind of like, it's, it's, it's lame to say, but I remember I was like, sit at my laptop and be like, structure of jokes and take notes. Like I was in a fucking college class and try and break it down on that level. But I just wasn't getting the opportunities to perform because I was in small town Massachusetts and I didn't drive, but I was like, I want to understand stand up. So. I was into comedy for a while, but I didn't start performing till like 2021. Did they have any open mics out there where you're from? Where I'm from? Oh, man. There was this one open mic um, at this really, it wasn't a comedy open mic. It was just like a general open mic uh, at this small space called The Foundry, where I'm from, um, in this in uh, West, uh, West Stoppage, Massachusetts. And I remember I went there like twice. And I talked about having lesbian sex because I was like, yeah, I'm going to talk about sex. And, and it was all just like... Older, like, crunchy, like, Gen X people playing songs on their guitars, you know, trying to be like Elliot Smith and shit. <laughs> and I was like, yes. And it was just, and I remember, like, the ladies came up to me afterwards. They were like, they were like, that, that was great. Like, is that all that true? And I was just like, yeah, sure. Like, you can choose what you want to believe. And, uh, and the woman who owned it, I was, like, friends with her daughter. She was like, that was great. Would you ever, like, want to do a, a show here? And I was like, that was my second time doing stand-up. Do not have that much faith in me. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Do not. This lady, she was really nice. But I was like, do not. You should you should not. But it kind of, like, I, I made me think, like, I was like, oh, I could, maybe I could do a show. I hear a lot. That happens a lot with people from, like, outside of L.A. and New York where they will do stand-up. And it's, like, a whole thing where. They get booked more frequent because, you know, the, the pool of comedians out there aren't a lot. So yeah. they're just like, once they see someone that makes them 
laugh. They're like, oh, we're going to book you and everything like that, you know? Yeah. There it's was, like it's false confidence almost. There was like barely any like stand up where I was from. Like when I would go, like the few open mics that I went to in Berkshire County, which is where I was from, there was that one at the Foundry. And there was this other one at this place called The Barn in Egremont, uh, which that's such a such a East Coast town name. Egremont, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Let me check if I'm rolling here. Sorry, but keep going. Yeah, of course. I, um, I always do this. And okay. yeah, and I would go and I was always just the only person like doing comedy and Maybe like once or twice there were like older, you know, older retiree men who, you know, I'm sure the the type comes to mind uh, when you think about like going to open mics. Right. So like there, there were always those types of guys, but just there wasn't like a scene or anything like I, you know, so. And then um, when you were looking like those videos up of how to do stand up, how did that fare for you? Like, were they good? Like, I don't think so. No. no. <laughs> and I look back on it now and I'm like, you do have to understand, like, you know, I feel like. I, I don't know, with, with anything that I, I do, I try and I'm like, you have to understand, you know, just like a, have a foundation level knowledge. Like, mm. I think that's important. But I, and I was like reading these articles and watching these videos about like, about like what makes something funny. And I was like, this is like, it is good to know that, but nothing is going to be as good as actually like going out there and like trying it, you know? So. Absolutely, dude. Cause I was, I was on the same thing when I first yeah. started a few months ago, I was just looking up on YouTube and it was always the same thing, right? Like just a structure, like you want to set it up, you want a punchline, then you want some tags. Yeah. And it's just, but exactly what you said, it's, you got to go out there and try it because that's the best way to figure out how to do it in such a succinct way. Right. Because coming from filmmaking as a writer, it's like all my writing in the beginning was so long form. Like I had one joke. My first joke was three minutes long. Yeah. With that, no punchlines. Yeah. <laughs> the punchline was literally at two thirty. you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it is weird how like you look it up on the internet and there's really no place to really kind of show you how to do stand up. Which yeah. is strange. It's not it's not like learning an instrument. Like right. if you're learning an instrument, you, you know, learn the chords, you know, there's there's countless tutorials and stuff to learn. Like learning stand up, I feel like and you know, learning an instrument too, you can just you can practice that in your bedroom and you know, alone. It's very solitary. You can choose to play with people in a band or whatever. But with stand up it's like no matter how much you write, because like I was like writing for like for years, like I would go to this little cafe and just, you know, I was like at a time in my life where I was like in and out of college and I was just like, what the fuck do I want to do? And I would just sit for hours and like write, like write and be like, oh, I hope one day, you know, I can get something out of this. But no matter how much you write, like it's not going to if you don't if you don't have a place to, to perform and do it, because it's like you you only know if you're good if you're getting that live feedback from the audience. Absolutely. Uh, that's so important too. That's yeah. one thing the videos won't even tell you. Yeah. You know what I mean? How the importance is is just getting that feedback back and it's always or most of the time it's honest feedback. Yeah. As I like to say. Um so you were writing then before you even in college? Before you even got into stand up and wanted to do it? Yeah, yeah. That's wild. I would I would write like uh when I would have classes into I would write kind of like, you know, like comedic style essays and stuff like that. Um but I was always like it just didn't I don't, I, I, writing is fun, but for me, I'm much more of like a talker. Like I would always rather like talk to somebody, tell a story, like, you know, versus like the written word. Uh, and so I was like, this is fun, but it just, it didn't feel satisfying. I was like, I'm not getting the, like what, like what I want, like, and performing too. I was like, and I acted for a bit too. And I was like, this is fun, but like, I, I wasn't feeling like that spark with either of them. And I feel like with stand up, it's like, okay, I wasn't feeling fulfilled from both of them, but putting that together to do stand up is like, Oh, I'm like, this is how being fulfilled should feel. And did you feel that the first couple of times you stepped on stage and did stand up? 
I mean, oh man. I mean, out here, the first couple times I did it, I'd, like I immediately was like, okay, I'm gonna do this again. I wasn't like like turned off and like, oh my god, I'm never coming back. Right. Um, but I was immediately, I was like, this is gonna be a lot harder than I thought. I was like, it made me. I remember the first mic I did five minutes. I was like, I've never realized how long five minutes yes. actually is when you're just when you're the only person up there. And uh, it. So I, I remember feeling like that, like being like, oh my god, I thought that it was you know gonna be so easy. And I feel like obviously a lot of people think that. And it's just you're just immediately like, no, you were stupid. Right. Yeah. And then it's funny too because once you, like I'm like almost five months in. Once I've I'm now I'm at the point now where I finally got a grasp of like I've got jokes where I know I can go for five minutes. Basically, five minutes seems short now. Yeah. Right. Like it's one of those things where like what you said in the beginning, it feels so long. But once you start getting material and you get your confidence on stage, five minutes is just can feel like two sometimes. It's wild. I feel like I didn't even have like I I, I feel like. I, you know, like first few months in, like, yeah, like I, you know, felt more confident doing five minutes, but I feel like I didn't have a five minutes that I actually really loved until the first like year and a half in. True. And I'm only two and a half years in. So it's like, I'm still like, you know, like not even a fully formed like sack in somebody's womb mm. with my comedy, I feel mm. like. So and would you consider yourself, cause you said you like to talk, would you consider yourself more of a riffer? Like, do you like to riff more or? You stick to your jokes. I mean, when I'm if I'm doing my set, I definitely stick to jokes. It's hard. I've definitely like tried to get better at riffing, and that is a skill. And I feel like it's you know with, with riffing, it's like you have to trust yourself and have that confidence. But that's only something you get by continuing to do it. Um, and I, I'm I'm trying to get I'm definitely trying to get better at it. But it is a lot harder than yeah. you know yeah. What is the difference between riffing and like crowd work? Because isn't crowd work a, a kind of like the same sense as riffing? In a sense? Well, riffing is like, you know, like I feel like, well, you know, there's like a lot of like, there's a lot of great mics where it's like riffing mics, like um, like Fun Mug, you know, you pick a topic mm. and uh, that's like, you know, you're riffing on it where it's like crowd work, you're like, uh, it's, it's uh. in the name, you're just interacting with the crowd and you're riffing off what the crowd has to say versus like, I feel like it's like, you know, the more bucket style things, but yeah. they are, yeah, they're, they're kind of tandem two in one. Mm -hmm. uh, and you felt like, was it like you did, you said you did music and stuff like that? Yeah, I kind of yeah dabbled in uh, in music. I was not a good musician. I love music. I mean, like music is uh, if I'm not like you know doing shows or like you know getting sets in. Like I try and see a lot of live music. Like I was saying, the uh, place up here in San Fernando, uh, Midnight Hour, great spot. Record shop by day, uh, like venue at night. They have like hardcore shows, punk shows, and uh, I like was kind of semi involved in that world for a bit, but I was never, I was not good. I was not a good musician. And like some people just shouldn't be playing and making music. And I feel like that's, that's like, I meet, I meet a lot of comics where I'm like, you love, you love this. Like, obviously like, you know, you love this, but like, you don't need to be doing it. And I kind of realized that with music where I was like, I can love this. Like I can go to shows. I can like be, be in this. <laughs> Uh, but I don't need to make music, and I feel like I don't know. I feel like some comedians need to hear that. Maybe they will. Maybe yeah. they'll be like, "Damn, she's talking to me." Yeah. <laughs> uh, what kind of music did you listen to growing up? Uh, growing up, I mean, I really tried to listen to everything. I like uh, uh, growing up definitely like was like a pop kid from early start. A uh, lot of like a lot of pop, Britney, Jonas Brothers, NSYNC, and then when I was like twelve years old, I remember watching one of those like VHS like top 100 artists of yeah, all time dude. and number 12 was the clash and they were showing pictures of the clash and talking about the clash and i was 12 and i was like what is the clash and i kind of just had that like classic experience of being like 
punk rock? What's this? And I like asked my dad about it. And I was like, do you know this band called The Clash? And he was like, oh, do I know The Clash? And he, he sat me down and he was like, you know, when I was younger, I played in a band and we played at CBGB's and, you know, and we would, we would come out and uh, we were called the Squirrels and we would come out in, uh, in like pantyhose on our heads and, you know, I was the drummer and, and we were in the New York scene and I, you know, I met Dee Snider and I just was like, oh my God, this is like amazing. And I just was, got immediately obsessed like in that, in that world. Yeah. With the, yeah. the punk rock world. Yeah. That's so crazy, dude, to think about. Like, <clears throat> I don't know if I, what I listened to in high school was considered punk rock, but like, do you know that we were young? Or we are young. Yeah, uh, I, went, I went to the one uh, last year. Did you? Yeah. yeah. So I saw a whole bunch of my buddies there this year, and it's like all the music I used to listen to when I was in high school. So it's crazy, just like that life in style. You know what I mean? Like going. Well, there's there's so many subgenres. Like like I love like hardcore, which is like kind of a more mix of like punk and metal, and like and then when we were young is like a lot of like pop punk bands. Right. And there's just yeah, there's there's you get in there's like grindcore. There's all these cores and shit and yeah it's like it is it is probably the thing that occupies my time the most outside of comedy and you just like listen to music and going to listening the- to music going to shows um like you know reading uh like fanzines or listening to podcasts that essentially act like fanzines you know so yeah okay yeah that's awesome dude that's great uh, let's pivot to comedy here. Um, you're doing Comic Wars uh, yeah. next Monday, dude. Hell yeah, I'm gonna dress up. What are you dressing up as? I don't. I don't. I can't. I don't want to say. Okay, for sure. For sure. But Fair it's enough. gonna be. I, I. I'll tell people that uh, I'm gonna be painting my face, so you can decide what you think. <laughs> as long as I'm blackface, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not okay. Funny. I should have said that. Yeah. I will not be doing blackface at Comic Wars. <laughs> Uh, Monday the twenty eighth, right? Yeah. Actually, this episode will release on that day. That, okay, I will. I will not be doing blackface on that day. I just want to say, but I will be painting my face. We just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so y- your record is two and two. Two and two, yes. Um, so this is your fifth one. Obviously, two and two, two wins, two losses. Uh, how are you approaching this one compared to the first four? Oh, man, it's definitely um, the hardest one that I have had, you know, like writing so far. Uh, the person I'm battling, uh, shout out Mary Romeo. Uh, I know her, but I don't know her as well as the four other people that I uh, battled so far. So I, it's, it's definitely harder just leaning more in towards just like basic, like, you know, like looks like jokes. And, mm. But I feel like that's hard because in the past, a lot of the jokes that I've written hit out of hit are like, I'm like, oh, that's very specific to that person because I know them so well. So I'm like, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about that, but I know, I know it'll be fun, Mary. It'll be fun. <laughs> Do you, what do you guys, what do you do like to do to um, like beforehand? Do you, do you meet up with the person or? Uh, meet up with the person, normally kind of just share, definitely like share like, you know, like a sheet of info where I'm like, this information, you know, is, is prevalent. I try to ask questions to people, um, but I'm not going to, you know, willingly offer up information that I think is, you know, intentionally. I'm like, oh, they could really use that. But I also, I, I don't know. I feel like, like a lot of, a lot of stuff like you know you 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 try and like look at people's act and be like oh what do they talk about in their set and stuff like that so yeah. I see okay yeah. so that's a good that's a good note then um, yeah it did like I feel like the, the comic wars thing it, it, it especially with comic wars where it's so much so many jokes it, it must get so stressful dude oh it it, it gets very stressful yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, especially if you know, like the judges are there and like these are judges that you look up to you know what I mean or just 
I mean, I, I, I mean, like for me, the biggest thing is like I just tell myself, I'm like, don't embarrass yourself in front of your peers. Like you want, <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to, you know, because because it's so many jokes. If if it's a bad battle, or you know, it's not the crowd's not into it, or it's just you know, not you know the energy that you wanted. It it's so it's so much longer than a regular like you know other battles. So it's like you really you're like. Oh, I really have to. I'm I'm going to put effort into this, and this is going to be good. And you just have to repeat those those affirmations towards yourself and be like, "Yeah, 15 jokes. They're gonna they're all gonna be fucking great. Everybody's gonna have a good time, and I won't embarrass myself in front of my peers." Yeah. Have you ever had a, like a, an experience where you had to come up with a joke on the spot because maybe you ran out, or maybe like the person said something in, in a previous round that you want to bring up again, or? Uh, I haven't had that happen yet. I did have one uh, where I did kind of run out towards the end uh, uh, with Luke Bancal. Luke, if you're watching this, I know you're still kind of salty about that. I'm so I'm sorry. I mean, look, it, you know, we can we can talk about it afterwards, Luke. Uh, but that has happened to me, and I have written stuff like you know, like a few minutes beforehand. But in terms of uh, like doing stuff on the spot, I feel like you know, it's kind of what we were talking about earlier, where it's like I still don't feel like that's like a muscle I need to kind of flex a little bit more mm. and be more confident in. Yeah. How, how would you flex that muscle? Would it, would it be going to like those riff mics and fun mugs and improvs? I feel like hosting like definitely has like helped for me. Like, you know, like saying things in between people's sets or just, yeah, going to like riff mic stuff like that. Like just being more attentive in general. And you, um, I, cause I saw you host uh, the lab a couple of weeks ago at the improv, yeah. right? Um, what was that process like to get to that point? So it, 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 I was there on a Tuesday, found out I was hosting the next day. Yeah. No shit. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, it just, uh, that, I mean, it was, it was fun. I didn't know I was going to do it until the day before, but I mean, you know, people do it every week. It's, it's fun, but it's like, you know, again, that's, that's high, it's higher stakes than hosting like a regular mic. And so you want it, you want to be the pressure's on a little bit more. Right. That makes sense though. How like, especially cause hosting that's, you got to bring the energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to have jokes like that, like on the spot. So that alone is pretty fucking stressful too yeah. as a host, you know, especially at the improv. I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. But after I did it, I was like, Oh, this is fine. I was like, this is, yeah. I was just like, you're, you know, it's just a muscle that you need to flex. Yeah. <clears throat> um, what, what other things do you like to do to kind of get these like, grow these muscles, you know, I mean, obviously going to open mics and stuff like that, but is there anything you like to do away from the stage? Like obviously watching standups and stuff like that, but what, like, what do you look for? Okay. I feel like this is kind of not an obnoxious answer, but I work retail. Um, and I work at a boutique in Silver Lake and a lot of my job is like, you know, it's higher end items, it's higher price point items. So, you know, you have to work on selling, like you have to be somebody that is, you know, you're, you're, you know, making a customer feel comfortable. And so, you know, I, I'm not I'm not trying out bits on customers, but I'm, you know, being attentive with somebody, building that muscle, being like, how can I respond to this where I'm like, oh, they laugh, you know, I get them to laugh, they feel more comfortable, that might, you know, you know, end up result in a sale. So it's like I I do kind of try and bring that into my selling approach at work. Um, which God, I feel like that's so annoying. Like not yeah. even. No, <laughs> yeah. that's so smart to do. You know what I mean? It's basically like a, a free open mic almost, you know what I mean? Kind oh, of, uh, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know all my employer to see that. It's not a free open mic, but it's definitely like, you know, and it's like I put on my customer service voice and, you know, things hit a little bit different in your customer mm. service voice. Um, but 
Yeah, no, and it's where I'm just like, how can I get the customer to laugh? And that makes them immediately, they're more endeared towards me and, uh, you know, they might be more likely to buy something, so. I guess, like, even just, like, me starting a couple months ago, it's like, I find myself now, every time I do talk, I try to make a joke out of it. Like, I went to a party for the first time since I started comedy, like, over the weekend. And the whole time I was just trying to find some something funny to say. It probably gets so annoying for people. That's yeah. I, f- I feel like you can't. That's not. That's not a healthy way to live. That's true. Don't. <laughs> my my. Because I went a little overboard. I think it is. It is. You do feel that. Like after like the first few months when you're like, oh man, like this is like I love. I love making people laugh. Like I'm gonna. <laughs> it's but it is. It is a hard way to live. That's sometimes you just have to be like you let it come. Let it come naturally and uh, and don't force it because people can tell. And I mean, customers That's can true. tell that too. That's if you're true. selling something to somebody and you're, you know, t- doing jokes that don't <laughs> land. Okay, nothing is worse than bombing in, f- in front of a fucking customer, somebody you're trying to sell something to. That that sucks, dude. <laughs> worse than bombing, bro. Yeah. You don't even get the sale. Yeah. <laughs> do you, uh, when you go back to Massachusetts, do you like, I don't know how it is for you, but will you, will you try? Like, does your comic side come out sometimes in front of when the people you're hanging out with? Uh, for for sure. But the only time that I've been home since I started doing comedy was in uh, in like Thanksgiving of 2021, and I like interacted with some friends and some family. But um, I'm actually going to my brother's wedding mm-hmm. uh, in the start of uh, like Arizona this month, or not this month uh, in November. I'm going to Arizona, and so. I'm like, you know, I'm going to try and schmooze with everybody, but yeah. let it, you know, just let it come naturally. Yeah, yeah. that's true. No, because one of the first times I met Miranda, who is the host, co-host of Comic Horrors with Nate Welch. Welch? Welch. 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 Um, but I don't know if you know this, but like two years ago, I had worked with Miranda. I was like a production coordinator on something, and she was a PA on it. And that's how I kind of like met her. Yeah. Which is great. And she invited me to Comic Horrors when I was still in Silmar. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, like yeah. There, she was doing it that night. But it's like... On set, yeah, I could tell, like, her being a comedian, she was trying to fucking, you know, fucking set up jokes and fucking tell the jokes. And you are right, like, on work, at work, it's just like, oh, my God, we get it. You're a com- comic, you know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like, you can tell that she just loves it, dude. And her whole life, you can yeah. see it. No, you know? but but when you kill with your coworkers, too, like, that that does feel good, too, because it's like you're all, like, that's a bond that's different because it's like you're mm. getting your coworkers to laugh. And then you're, you're like, we're all in this together. Like, you know, so that is when you when you kill at work with your coworkers, that's a good that's a good feeling, too. That's true. I know. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. But no. And then it was just wild how like my first open mic in L.A., she was there yeah. or it was like a writer's room at fourth wall. But it was just it's just crazy how life kind of works out like that, because I remember just working in film. I was miserable in film, being like a production coordinator, working in production. But and I just saw how like happy she was, and I was like, "Is stand up something I, I want to do?" Because I always wanted to do it. I was just always afraid of the stage, dude, talking to people. Yeah. Which is weird because I never really had like any problems in high school when I would do like or in college when I would go up there and talk in front of my classmates. But like what you said, there's just a bond already there. Going up in front of a stage where you don't know anyone—that's a completely different thing, dude. Yeah. It's so wild. Oh yeah, for sure. And you're just—it is. It is like a lot scarier because you you know it, it is easier to get because that's so many so many people are like oh I'm the funny friend oh I'm this person and it's like yeah you, but you already have you have an established rhythm with those people so mm-hmm. it's so True. much easier to make you know people laugh or but that's also too like that's you know you're saying you're going up in strangers that's like strangers are coming every day and I'm trying to sell them clothes so it's like you know that's that's really similar like if you can just establish that like baseline and getting you know 
building a rhythm with people and yeah. So you feel like that helps you then uh, in terms of you doing what you do? In- interacting with people every day at work. Yeah. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. 100%. Yeah. Um, let's see here. There's something I wanted to ask you. You said something interesting earlier. What is, I don't know. Like what does com- comedy mean for you? Oh man. Uh, that's definitely, that's definitely a loaded question. Uh, comedy means for me, I mean, comedy is like community. There's nothing else I would rather be doing. I mean, not to be, like, cheesy or anything, but, you know, when I was a younger kid, like, I remember I got sent to the psych ward when I was 13. What? And uh, I I had some books when I was in there, and the books that I had were um, Bossy Pants by Tina Fey, and uh, Are You There? Like, it's like, it was Chelsea Handler's book, Are You There, Vodka, or It's Me, Chelsea, or something like that. I forgot the name of the, the title, but it was, like, her second book. And I uh, I remember reading those two books when I was in the psych ward, and I had already, like, been into, like, comedy and stuff at that time. I remember watching, like, 30 Rock with my mom. And my mom really loves Margaret Cho. And so uh, we would watch, like, a lot of Margaret Cho. And I was just, like, I read those books. And I was, like, immediately, I was, like, oh, I guess, like, this is what I want to do as an adult. You no know? shit. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking, if you want to talk about it, yeah. why this, what happened with the cycle? I, I was just a very volatile child. Uh, uh, I was a really angry child. Uh, ha- yeah, just a, just a bad kid. Just an angry kid would, you know, throw things, break windows. I was just, I was just a little shit, dude. I feel like we all were, though. Yeah, yeah. Especially that, comics, dude. Yeah, <laughs> and then I learned, I was like, and, and then I learned that there are outlets, like going to, going to fucking punk shows, and then, you know, going on stage, getting sets in, making people laugh. I was like, oh, okay, like, there is, you know, there's, there's ways where I can get that energy, that, that anger that I have out, you know, so, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, I still feel like I struggle with anger issues sometimes. You can ask oh, Alicia, yeah. she'll tell you. Oh. <laughs> but it's like, it, you are, and, and, and in a sense too, like even with comedy, I feel like that is an outlet. Because if I don't hit a mic in one, like at least one mic in a day, I feel weird about myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Weird how that turned out. Um, how how many times do you get booked now on shows? Two year, two and a half years in, you said? Oh man, it de- it definitely really depends. I feel like it it really like it it comes and goes. Like there will there will be weeks where I'll have like you know like four or five shows, and there will be like dry spells. I mean, it definitely it really depends, and everybody is so different, you know. And also like it is it is harder because I don't drive, so mm. it's like like the other day like I was on a show in Covina, and I'm like fuck, how am I gonna get out here? I don't, I don't drive. I mean, I was gonna take the bus. I was like, I'll make it work, but it is it's like that definitely makes it a lot harder. So have you thought about maybe like um, getting back into driving then? If if especially if like you're gonna have to travel, you, you want to teach me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Asian, dude. There's, there's, no, there's no way. I can though. I can. I definitely can. If, if any if any comics uh, seeing this want to teach me how to drive, I'll I'll pay you. I'll get you discount at the store I work at. Uh, yeah, I mean, who? Yeah, I would love I would love for somebody to teach me how to drive. Uh, I just, it's a, it's a time thing too. Like that's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of time. I'm also, I'm a little bit of a, I have some learning differences as you, as you would say now. I'm a little ADHD, you know, can't tell my right from my left sometimes. So I don't know. I'd have to get like a special ed driving instructor. <laughs> well, maybe this will work out then. Maybe yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's cause that's gotta be crazy, dude. Like you get, especially like, you know, I mean, there's a comedy store in La Jolla. There's, I'm sure, bigger clubs down there, some up north. So it's just crazy how, like, you don't, especially in L.A., that's so wild. Yeah, I take the bus. How do I'm you do sure. it? <laughs> trying to be, that sounds condescending now. No, but it is, it is, 
I mean, it, it, it makes me feel like I'm like when I do get booked, I'm like I'm I'm really like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this work, but but yeah, no, it, it depends. You know, there there are other times where it's better, it's slow. I think. Yeah, it definitely it definitely depends. Some some months are better than others. How do you go about getting booked? Like, is there like, do you reach out to bookers and stuff like that, or that is definitely something I have to get better at. And I feel like a lot of people are like this. You know, they're like, you know, because I've talked with so many comics who are like, just ask, like, ju- just ask. And I'm like, I I don't know for so, for so, something like deep inside of me where I'm like, I need to work on in therapy where I'm I'm just like. I, you don't some, you don't ask for what you want. And right. it's like, actually, what's the worst thing that can happen if you ask for what you want? Somebody says, no, actually, sorry, the show's all booked. And you're just like, fuck, that sucks. Right, you know. But it, it is hard to, like, build up that confidence to ask, for sure. And you're, they say just go ask the booker and stuff like that? Like, DM them, ask DM one person? DM them or, you know, ask somebody who's, who's running a show or, you know, maybe you have, like, friends who uh, refer you to people. But that's, I mean, asking, it's, I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta get better at that, for yeah. sure. And yeah. do you send them, like, a set of yours, like, that you recorded or how... Uh, I mean, I, I've, it's a, if it's a show that, yeah, it definitely depends on the show. I mean, if I know the person has never seen me before, um, then, you know, I will. If I know this person has seen me and, you know, they've seen me do decent, I'll be like, you know, you, you know. And so, yeah, it definitely depends. And then you send them the whole set unedited or how does that work? Um, I mean, I, like, I have, like, you know, like, tape that I'm, like, I've, from, like, good sets that I've had that I'm, like, this is, you know, feel confident in, where I'm, like, this is five minutes, where I, I know everything's good, and it's, it's gonna be, it's good, so, yeah, yeah I just send it that, that, send it there, uh, send it their way, the zin is, like, getting stuck in my mouth. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> so, because it's, it's, a, like, an interesting thing, like, uh, being in the digital world, especially with comics now, they t- we, I've had conversations where, they always say, like, you know, you want to post your good jokes on your Instagram and stuff like that. I took a look at your Instagram, and it's really just the two rap bat- battle, or rap battle. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the Comic Wars videos. Yeah, I had some I had some reels up for a bit, then I archived them, because it's just like, I, I don't know, I like, I kind of vacillate between that, because I, I, just, I just feel like the stuff that I posted could be better quality, too, and I'm like, this could just, just you know, maybe just needs a little zhuzh up editing-wise. I see. Uh so, but yeah, I had, I had some stuff on there, but it is, it is hard to like, cause, cause unless you're like really killing, like, do you want that on your Instagram? Like that's going to be the first thing that somebody sees when they look at you, they look at your Instagram. So, and that, and that goes, you know, back to what we were saying about like putting yourself out there and asking for what you want and, you know, being like, like how, how is this person going to see me? So. Yeah. And like what you said too, it must be so nerve wracking too, because it's like, what you think is a good set or how I feel like what is a good set. I'm just like, okay, it's probably good to me, but it's just like, how are other people going to see it? You know what I mean? Like you get those laughs in, in, cause I just had a really good, sh- or I got a decent show on Saturday. One that I finally like was just like, okay, I'm getting the hang of this now. Like I didn't have to take out my notes to look at my notes. I was like working with the crowd and stuff like that. But then again, it's one of those things where I listen to the jokes that I've wrote and that's like god that could be so much better yeah and it's just like trying to find a way to get it better how do how do you do that like if there's a joke that you've been working on for like two years right and like the process of getting it better what is that like uh well i mean for me personally like i you know will like voice memo record my sets and mm-hmm. listen to them and w- something that i do is i physically will like write out the joke in my notebook and i'll just write it over and over again and just like change up little words and be like what what word actually sounds funnier? You know, I feel like that's something a lot of people do. Yeah, so, yeah. 
It, and it is crazy because like everyone has their own different process, but at the end of the day, it's somewhat the same thing. That's oh, what yeah, I've noticed. Yeah. It's weird. But everyone, it's like the process is, is the same, but the methods are different. Ah, go into that a little bit. Tell me about that. Like, Well, I mean, people, you know, like for, for me, I'm like when I'm writing, I'm specifically like like writing out, like being meticulous with every word and, you know, other people. And people people just do everything in their own way. So maybe some people just write out little phrases or stuff like that. I mean, every I, I can only speak to my process. I don't, you know, I don't know the intricacies of other people's processes. But it really, it, it definitely is like a really personal thing for sure. Mm. And has your process or method, has it changed uh, in the two and a half years, like from what it started to where it is now? I mean, I definitely like listen to myself a lot more. Like the first like year in, you know, I would be afraid to uh, to listen to it's my difficult. voice memos, yeah. and just because you're just like, this is so cringe. Yeah. You're just like, this is. You're just like, do I actually want to do this? Exactly. Uh, and then, but but you're just like, that's you slowly if you keep listening, and then you're just like, you you can you can actually hear the progression of you know like, oh okay, more people are laughing at this. So I feel like listening and then watching, you know, tape. When I, you know, do get, I don't record every set, like, you know, some people with their tripods and stuff, but mm. I definitely like try and, you know, like in the past, like year and a half gotten way better at like voice, me like voice memoing my sets and stuff. Do you record yourself like video record during shows and stuff like that or try to? Uh, I mean, honestly, not, not really. And that's definitely something I need to get better at too. I don't know. And again, and it's, it's nothing to those people, but I'm just like, I'm just like, do I want to be the tripod person? <laughs> Do I want to? Do I want to be that person? I mean, if I know it's a show where I'm like the stakes are high, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. The worst would be like setting it up and you bombing. Yeah, no, I feel like it's a bad <laughs> omen. Like, cause if you're like, yeah, it's just, it's just, it is kind of like bad juju where you're like, you're like, oh, okay, he's setting up the tripod, like, oh shit. So yeah, I feel like that's like inviting. It's like inviting bad energy to the set. No, again, I don't want to say any shade to people who do that. Like again, everybody has their own method, but for me personally. It's just, I'm like, this is a bad, it's bad juju. Yeah. No, I, I definitely feel that. I get that. It happened to me one day because I would record everything I when I first started on video. And the only reason why is because I could come home and like not only see myself, but I'm an editor. So it's like I can cut the, the bad shit out. But when I do the voice memos, I have to listen to every second of it. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, this is so fucking bad. Yeah. Even when like after sets, we'll be like, dude, fucking transcribe that. You got something that and there's good. I'll listen. I'll be like, why the fuck are people laughing up to this? You know what yeah. I mean? And that's what's weird too. Cause it's like, maybe this is something I can ask you. How do you differentiate from that? Like how, like having a set where people are like, oh, that, that whole section was good. And then you listen to it and try to rewrite it. And it just, it, it doesn't feel like something I want to say again. Has that yeah. ever happened to you? I, I mean, I, I mean, like, like, what, what do you, what do you mean by the question? Like, you say, like, you're saying, like, oh, like, has that, like, you are, you're just like, oh, you're like, you didn't think it was gonna hit, but people are like, oh, that's good, but you're like, actually, I don't want to do this. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I've had like parts where I'm like, oh, I didn't think that was gonna pop as much, and then you kind of feel like obligated to say it, but at the end of the day, like, people can tell if you're doing something that doesn't feel good, and you feel like you're just doing it for, you know, other people. And if you're not having fun, people can obviously really pick up on that. So it's it's just like, if, it, if something doesn't feel right, don't do it. Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't have a lot of jokes right now, so I can fucking grab onto anything, you know, any compliment. Yeah, I'm like, that, yeah. Is, that is how, I mean, but also when you don't, when you don't have a lot of jokes and you are like, you know, you are just filling up, you know, like first five minutes, mm. like, yeah, it's, it is, you're you're saying a lot of shit where you're like, this isn't my best shit. This isn't doesn't feel amazing. I'm not like, oh, it's killing every time. But you're just you're like, oh, I'm filling up the time. Yeah, 
Because even now, like, I, I I had old jokes that I told at this five-minute set that hit really well. And I'm like, I don't understand why people are laughing at that. Like, it doesn't even make any sense to me. Like, yeah. I have better jokes where, like, I feel, I feel like the wording is a lot better and a lot more misdirection. So it, it, that's just a weird thing right now where I'm trying to figure out where it's just like what people, the stuff people find funny, I, I'm just kind of like just throwing it out there. Yeah. You know, so... I don't know. That's just, it's a weird thing, dude. This comedy thing is so strange. We're still, we're both, like, we're both fucking infants. Like, you know? Uh, yeah, it is, it is, it is strange, but it's like we're so, still so new. Yeah. Uh, so how is being two and a half years in, how is that different compared to your first six months? I mean, my first six months, I feel like I was just doing shit that I just didn't like, where I was like, I was doing stuff where I was like, I thought that this is what other people wanted to hear. Hmm. So I was like, oh, people will think that this is funny, but it didn't feel good to me. And then I kind of started writing stuff that I was like, okay, like this feels more authentic to my voice and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. And I feel like kind of that shift happens. You, you automatically feel that shift in confidence. So, so it just happens out of nowhere. Just... I mean that for, for me, for me, it did again, like everybody's different, but mm. definitely like for me, I noticed that when you just start like, like trusting yourself for sure. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, this comedy stuff is so strange. So strange. Um, let's see here. Are, how, like, what's your process with the comedy? We're going back to Comic Wars, but like, you, how, how many weeks before the show does Miranda give you usually? I mean, this past one with Mary, I found out, I think, like two weeks ago. So nor I would say like normally like f anywhere between like five to three weeks like yeah. I'll know because fifteen jokes that's a lot of jokes it it, it is it yeah yeah I don't even know if I have fifteen jokes just regularly you know <laughs> yeah, what I, mean? I mean yeah I don't know dude yeah <laughs> yeah no I mean it definitely and it, it, it takes me back to school and I don't know I kind of that's like kind of I think why I like it. Because I'm like, it makes me, it's like a school assignment. Like in a way you're like, okay, you have a deadline and this is your due date. And it's like, I don't know. It, it, I like it because it makes me focus. Like I need something to like reel in where I'm like, okay, I have to put all my energy into this. And, you know, yeah, treat it like a paper that's due for school. Yeah. And are, are you the type of person where it's just like a week out, maybe you only have like five jokes and then you just kind of cram it all in? Yeah, yeah. I feel like, I feel like, and I feel like most people that I've talked to, that do it are like that too. I think a lot of comics are procrastinators for uh -huh. sure. A hundred percent. I feel like anything art almost is like the best stuff comes out of procrastination, right? Oh, like just yeah. like the last minute shit that you yeah, got to Yeah, art, great art comes out of desperation and procrastination. There you yeah. go, dude. There you go. What other art do you like to do other than like music and stand up? Do you like the pain or anything like that or uh, No, I mean, I, oh, my drawing, any any visual arts. I see right here. Is yeah. this all you, do you paint all this stuff? No, that's all my girlfriend's that's stuff, okay. dude. Well, yeah. it's, 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 very, it's very sick, uh, but Thank you. Uh, no, really, really just uh, comedy music. I mean, I want to fucking be somebody who's like, yeah, I can do everything. But I'm like, no, because I just it's it's better to have one thing that you're like, I'm kind of decent at this. I feel like than be a jack of all trades. Right. Yeah. So you're saying you act before. Do you try try to get auditions out here or anything like that? Uh, not really, because I just I think actors are so annoying. <laughs> I just <laughs> yeah, like I was I was like kind of like theater kid adjacent, you know, in high school and college. Uh but yeah, it's definitely something that I want to get more like more into. But it really is just yeah, it's just every it's a time thing for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's your dating situation like? My date. Oh wow, damn. 
You're get, getting get, into we're it. We're getting personal now. Damn, my dating situation. Uh, you know, I have, I, I have uh, just, just some. I, ca- I definitely casually date because I know that I would not be a good partner. Like for God's sakes, I don't have my license. Like that sucks. <laughs> like I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that sucks. Like and, I, and I'm very upfront with girls that I'm like I meet on dating apps. I'm like, just so you know, like I don't drive. And like a lot of there's just like a stereotype that gay people don't drive, which is true. No shit. And so it's like really definitely makes dating hard because I. But I try, I try and be. Up front, uh, up front and honest about it. I, I will say um, where I'm at location-wise for Tinder, it's like like West Lake MacArthur Park. It's a little south of Echo Park Silver Lake. Okay. So, you know, all yeah. the Echo Park Silver Lake baddies, you know, they kind of live there because it's a little bit more affordable. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, it's, it's, it's fun. You get it's it fun. done. So yeah. Tinder, Tinder's your app of choice? Uh, Tinder, Hinge, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's wild, dude. I, I, I've been in this relationship for seven years, and I'm always telling people, I'm like, gosh, dude, dating sounds, in terms of, you know, straight guys, it just sounds like it's a fucking nightmare, dude. Yeah. Uh, is that, do you get the same, do you have the same experience, or? I mean, I, I definitely think dating, you know, like, women and, like, non-binary people and stuff like that, like, it is, it has its own challenges, for sure. I mean, the the thing is, is that, yeah, like, a lot of people you meet, and it, I, I feel like something that I've, I've talked about with other comics is, like, do you let people know that you do comedy? Like, how, do, how like, how, do, when do you let people know, somebody that you're dating? Like, do you tell them on the first date? Do you put a picture of you holding a microphone in your profile? Like, do you say that? in your profile. I feel like that's that's something that I'm like, if I'm starting to see somebody, I'm like, how soon do I tell them that? So you don't even tell them off the bat? I mean, if they, if they like ask, like, what do you do? But I'm like, I don't, I'm not like, oh yeah, by the way, like I do comedy. Yeah. So how does that, that, does that go well for you then? Like keeping that, not a secret, but just like holding off. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's like, it's, you know, it's, I don't try and keep it a secret, but you know, I'm, I'm not like, I don't know, I feel like because a lot of people, like, it is, it can be a turnoff, and it's, like, kind of why I say, I'm like, oh, I don't think I would be the best partner, because it's, like, comedy does come first, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and then And then other things, but, um, so it's like, yeah, so when people hear that, they're like, oh, that's, you know, you work a job and you do comedy, how are you going to have time for a relationship? So mm. it's, like, not the best thing to lead with, I feel like, unless, you know, you're dating another comic, which... Have you done that before? No. No? No. Why not? No. <laughs> I hear that from every comic. They're just like, no, I've never dated a comic. And then other, I hear other I times mean, where it's like, I'm a romantic and I definitely like would. Like, I would be like, like, there are, I see comics dating other comics and I see people that it works for and my heart is so full for them. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I want that. And I'm like, and I kind of do believe that, but I'm like, I feel like, I don't know, right now, no. No? No. no. Maybe, maybe in a few years when I shit's a little bit more together. I see. Um, but not, not right now. Yeah, because I'll get into conversations where guys are just talking about how they've never gotten with a comic before. And I was like, that's weird. Like, I mean, maybe it's just because in film, everyone hooks up with everyone. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Is that, that's like a thing? It you're all like, especially, you're all like uh, fucking in like Video Village well, <laughs> or something, right? <laughs> well, it, it's like you go through the trenches, right? You're shooting something, you go through production, and then it seems like at the uh, rap parties, that's where everyone just starts hooking up. And like, what? This person's hooking up with that person? That's just weird. And comedy compared to film is a lot different in my perspective, because it's like when you're working in film, you're going through trenches. Like there's no, you, you don't really know anyone that, or you, you don't really get to know anyone that way. Where in comedy, you're just hanging out. Yeah. It seems like all the time. So it, it, it makes sense or it would make sense if comics would be hooking up a lot more than people in film, which it doesn't seem like that's the case. I think maybe a lot of comics, because comedy is so intimate, we have intimacy issues. And it's like, or it's like, we're, you know, like, 
sharing ourselves on stage. And then there's like, there's people who it's like either extreme where it's like you're sharing yourself on stage that makes somebody like really attracted to you. And then, you know, you'll hook up with them. And then there's people where it's like you're sharing yourself on stage. Oh my God, that's so intimate. I don't would I never want to mm. be with any of those people in this way. And I don't ever want to be ammunition for somebody in that way. Exactly. Cause like, again, being with my girlfriend for seven years, she'll, I'll show her, I used to show her the recordings and she'll be like, you said that on stage. And I just be like, fuck. Fuck. And like now I don't show anymore because he like number one gets in my head and I don't think she wants to hear what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Not like it was bad or anything like that, but I would say some things where it's just like, all right, maybe she keep that personal. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. Do you feel like that that's more common where people get more established as comedians and then start dating? Because that's what it seems like. I've seen more established comedians where they are dating other comedians. I mean, I, I can only think of like uh, like like power couples right now. Um, but I'm like, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like with anything, like any career, like thing in like in life, you know, like you gravitate towards people who are on your same level, or you know, you mm. have like in why do you want to be in a relationship with somebody? Like that's why what it comes down to. To like, do you want to build a life with that person? Do you want to you know? So when you have uh, that the pillars of you know more established like it just it makes sense I think it's like an age thing too for sure oh I see yeah. and a maturity thing especially like well in maturity and like where you are as a comic yeah too right that's wild that's so wild it would be hard to date a comic though I feel like that would that would be very challenging yeah I I, I mean I look I, like I said I'm a, I'm a romantic at heart so I'm I'm sure there's like you know part of my brain where it's like wouldn't that be cute but yeah I I don't know what's don't the longest know. relationship you've ever been in the longest for oh man like seven months. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> well, I'm only 25. That's true. That's I'm only 25, true. and I moved out here during the pandemic when I was 23. Uh, and yeah, yeah, so I just, I mean, like, I, it's, it's weird because I am a romantic person, but I also like, I find reasons not to like people very quickly. I'm like, oh, I'm like that person's cringe. You know, I, as the kids would say, I like get the ick very quickly from people. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. which is a, a new term that I've heard recently. Yeah. The ick. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I was like, oh, that's new. I've never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the, like the perfect first date for Mandy? Oh, the perfect first date. Okay, um, we would go uh, maybe like uh, to like Button Mash in Echo Park. Um, you know, what's that? Uh, it's like a, it's like a barcade type thing. Oh, nice. nice. Um, you know, maybe, maybe play, play some games. Uh, just, I mean, honestly, an ideal first date is for me, it's like, it doesn't matter what we're doing as long as the company's good. And I feel like there's so much pressure on a first date where it's, it's like, you know, you're just like, Oh, what am I going to, what am I going to do? What am I going to be doing? Uh, but it's just really about the company and like establishing that comfort. So I like to, you know, I'll take somebody like someplace. I don't know. I definitely, I'm a barcade person. That's like, it's like you said shit, now I'm like putting myself on blast. You know, people are going to see me having first dates at Button Mash and Echo Park. <laughs> shit. Okay. Never mind. Edit this out. Because <laughs> yeah, you said you're rom romantic and I was expecting like, you know, a candlelit dinner. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, you know, like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a romantic in the sense like, you know, like that, like, establishing that connection with somebody mm. like you know like I, I don't necessarily like you know think like oh like a candlelit dinner in a nice restaurant but it's it's more just like creating those moments like my favorite movies are like the you know the have you ever seen the before trilogy 
No. Do you know you know Richard Linklater, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, okay. yeah. Before Sunset. Yeah, before yeah. Midnight. Yeah, yeah. They're like the movies that he did where they Those like are good, dude. where yeah they they it's like the perfect night and everything. Yeah. And so I'm like I'm like oh I would just like want to have that with somebody. I think it's more like I want to meet cute to happen to me, but I'm going on all these first dates where like the pressure's on where I'm just like mm, I would just you know love to bump into somebody one day and be like hey. Well, maybe that's a I've move. Had some, I've had some meet cutes at concerts. Unfortunately, didn't last, but. But maybe that's a move. Maybe like you go out to Europe and do some shows, right? And you got to get oh, on a train. Oh, and then I go on a train. Yeah, and I, yeah. That. <laughs> in Europe, driving really isn't a big issue. You know. No, I've you been, can... I've been, I've been to Europe. Uh, when I was in, I went to Germany and Denmark. And uh, when I was traveling in between those two, I was like really hoping for a before situation <laughs> for sure. Then didn't, didn't happen. And it did not happen. Damn. Goddamn. What kind of video games do you like? Uh, uh, video games. Yeah. Oh man, uh, I am. Or oh. arcade games. I uh, definitely am like a uh, like classic like shooter type person. I love playing like the fucking deer hunter games and shit. I like any if I'm going to an arcade, I like a game where I'm like it like I have to hold something big, you know? And where I'm like I don't I can any games where I'm like oh Mortal Kombat, I'm like I can play that on my fucking Switch. I'm like I want to hold something or I want to be on a bike. You know, or I want to shoot a basketball. Like, that's why you go, right? That's true, yeah. I mean, if you're, like, fucking playing... Dude, if I'm taking a girl on a first date to a barcade and she's playing Cubert, I'm like, this is over. <laughs> We're going to the motorcycle game, dude. Cubert? I haven't heard of that in forever, dude. <laughs> Goddamn. I didn't even know that was still, that was still a thing. Cubert. Yeah. What was that game like again? What did you do? What'd you do? It, it was like, you have this, like, little, like... I think he's, like, a nose-shaped guy, and you, like, are supposed to... It's, like, a, like a platformer where you're supposed to, like, like jump from, like, like up, like, this, like, like boxes or stuff like that. I don't remember the exact premise, but it's... See, it's not memorable. Yeah. Sorry, it's, it's, like, kind of sounds like Doodle Jump. Yeah, kind of like Doodle Jump. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Doodle Jump was a shit, dude. Those, dude, like, yeah. first-generation app games that came out. Oh, my out. God. Oh I was my addicted gosh, to those. Dude, dude I, was such a, I was, like, such a bad kid with apps. Like, this is, we were talking about this earlier. Um, but, like, I, like, I remember, like, I stole my parents' credit card, and I downloaded, like, hundreds of dollars like, <laughs> worth of apps. And, like, I mean, this was when I was, like, you know, like, 11, 12. And I was, like, oh, it's not, like, like you know, like, right when the app store was, like, popping. Right. And, you know, and I had, like, got an iPod Touch. And I was, like, I'm going to get every game that I get those, like, you know, you, oh, I'm going to drink beer. I'm gonna download those. Do you remember those games where you would just like touch? It was like a food game. You would just be like, "Oh, I'm gonna create a sandwich." Then I just touch on this and like I'm eating this. I'm like, "What was that?" And I'm like, "I spent three dollars." I'm not exaggerating when I I said I spent hundreds of dollars worth of my parents' money on those apps. They were pissed, dude. I would be pissed too now. I'm like, this sucks. Especially seeing the game, it's just like, "What the fuck is this, dude?" Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, games now it seems like on the app they get you, bro, because they'll give you some features for free and then the ones that you really want you got to pay like fifty dollars for it yeah. right so yeah i feel like that that's like that happens a lot too with kids no yeah. I, I i remember like when that happened i mean because this was i want to say like 2000 i was like 12 so like 2010 um but over the years i feel like i have heard that like like more and more that like headline like kid takes ipad and like spends even like more like thousands, thousands. yeah dude. yeah like my parents lucked out like yeah. i didn't go i like some of these kids are going buck wild yeah. So yeah, and when I saw those headlines, I I kind of felt comforted. I was like, okay, I was like, I wasn't. I was on this, you know. Some kids were thinking the same thing as yeah. me. <laughs> Even now as an adult, you're just like, I don't want to spend the two ninety nine to get that special. But yeah. as a kid, you're like, fuck it, dude. Yeah, as a kid, you're like, what's money? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> do you play any iPhone games now? I actually, I actually just got a new iPhone, and um, I downloaded the like they get the three month free trial of Apple Arcade. Arcade yeah. And uh, there's this game. It's like Hello Kitty Island Adventure. It's like Hello Kitty with Animal Crossing. Char- it's like or it's like Animal oh, Crossing wow. with Hello Kitty characters. It's it's very fun. No shit, dude. So that's that's a fun one. Hello Kitty Island Adventure. Shout out. Are you? Do you think you're gonna get the arcade after the, your free trial? <laughs> I don't know. I'll see where I'm at in two and a half months from now. <laughs> the phone really sent me back. I don't know if I can afford the free trial. If I can afford after the free trial. <laughs> what phone did you get? The the new iPhone. The new. I uh, I got the uh the the one that what is it? Are we in the 15 right yeah, now? Yeah, the 15 is the, the new one. I got the 14. It's great. This is what I'm shooting on the 14. Yeah, it's. I mean, it seemed I got I got it because um this has happened to me twice now. Um, I've like. Like sprained my ankle and my phone has dropped to the oh, ground fuck. and just completely shattered. Like, you don't have a case on it? No, I do, I do have a case. My fall is just <laughs> so strong. Your fall. Yeah. <laughs> and this has happened to me twice twice now, and and it has happened to me in very similar circumstances. First circumstance was um I was living in Pasadena at the time and I was like running to try and catch the bus and uh, I like fell in this like there was like a hole in the sidewalk. And, uh, and I like fell, like my ankle rolled, fell into Fuck. it, phone shattered. Um, and I missed the bus too, which sucked. And, Fuck. uh, some lady was at the stop and she saw me and she was like, you know, you can sue the city. And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah, you can sue the city. I didn't sue the city cause I was just concerned about uh, getting a new phone. And then the other time happened to me when I was getting off the bus on sunset uh, in Silver Lake, this re- like past recently. And there was just like. There was in, like uh, like something obstructing like the stop because the stops here are shit like they you know nobody takes care of them and I fell you know my foot kind of got in the wrong way and uh, just fell shattered my phone so fuck you should you, think about suing the city <laughs> that's wild dude tales from the bus dude <laughs> that's so wild that you could sue the city for that I didn't know that yeah I didn't know that either and I and I told uh, I like I was going to work that day too and I was like fuck I was like I'm at work and like I don't have a phone and I so I like slacked my boss. And he, and the first thing he said again, he was like, you could see the city. I was like, you're the second what person. The fuck? I was like, I didn't know this was a thing I could do. I had no idea. It's yeah. funny how everyone in LA though seems to know that. <laughs> yeah. Like that's just a way of living. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like speaking of which, I met this guy who was telling me like, this isn't like has to do anything with the city, but freezing eggs. Did you know how much money? you can make off freezing eggs. It's like $60,000 Yeah, something, right? Yeah, it's dude. Like, and especially yeah. if you have like apparently good genes, they'll give you even more. Really? What, like nine, like 90? Like 80. Eight, oh, wow. Damn. I, I mean, like... It's wild. So, I, I mean, I, if somebody does that, I think, you know, like I don't think that I can because I don't think my genes are great. Like, uh, but I mean, I do it. No shame to you. You should look it, it up, dude. But I, I actually do hear the reason why they give so much is because of the procedure. Yeah. Like it's like a weeks, sometimes months long procedure that they have to do. And they're going in there and fucking, you know, scraping out the eggs and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, you probably have to like, you're probably out of work at that time too. So you're not working. So that makes, I mean, that's, it's a lot. That's, you know, that makes sense where it's like somebody donating sperm. You're just walking in, walking yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And what do you get? Like $500 something, or something? like that, yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think about that a lot. But, uh, but apparently LA's like reached max capacity for uh, sperm. Really? Yeah. Like I, the home, or he's a guy I met and he was telling me about it and he's been trying to do it for like two years and they finally were just like, look, we're out of capacity. Like try again in like eight to nine months. I, I honestly, I th- as somebody who is a sperm donor baby, that is something that I talk about in my act. Mm-hmm. I found that, I actually found that out um, last year. Uh, and, and honestly, great, great for my act. Completely reinvigorated yeah. my act. <laughs> um, 
I, I do think that, um, and I know people who donate sperm, and I'm like, you shouldn't. There's just there's a lot of people who should not be allowed to donate sperm. I got lucky because I so my I think the guy who donated sperm he donated on the West Coast and the East Coast because weirdly he went to Occidental and I was like oh shit and he like donated sperm when he was at Occidental, um, but he was like a, he's like a gay lawyer and he's you know I'm like that's good genes he's you know he's like kind of taller you know handsome looking man I looked him up. Uh, but some people should not. Like, I know I know somebody who, I don't want to put this person on blast, but, like, this person, you know, teaches guitar lessons <laughs> to kids and, you know, lives in a house in Boyle Heights with seven other people, like, and dropped out of college. Like, you, bro, please do not donate sperm, because one day there will be a child on the other end of that sperm looking you up and being like, I come from that. And mm. it's like... That's yeah. wild to, I, to all to all. Well, thank God, yeah, it's at capacity. But I, 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 you know, abhor anybody watching this. Think about, you know, there will be a child on the other end of that five hundred dollars. Where so, would you mind going into that? Like, you're do you looking up your father and stuff like that, or? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's it is uh, it is crazy. I did find out last year. Um, that, that you were a sperm donor baby. Yeah, no and, kidding. Um, there's this website. It's called like the Donor Sibling Registry. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you have to pay wall, which sucks. Like you have to pay, like, it's like actually like a pretty high like amount, but then you're a member for life mm. and it kind of, uh, connects you with all of the people who used, you know, the same donor, donor sperm as your parents. And you can see like all of your siblings and you can see information about the donor and what the donor chooses to share. I haven't reached out to him personally, but you know, I looked him up. I looked at his social media. My twin brother spoke with him. Wow. Uh, so I got to, you know, hear about him through my, through my brother's experience. Uh, but yeah, that, that's, it is. Yeah, it was crazy. That's wild, dude. So you have a twin brother. Did you grow up with this twin brother your whole life or? Yes. Yeah. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. And then. Forgive me for my ignorance, but how how did that kind of work out? Like, you guys were adopted, I'm assuming, right? Or how? No. Or? So, so my mom, my mom is my my I'm biologically related to my mom. Okay. Okay. Uh, my mom carried uh, me and my brother, you know, to uh, seven months. We were premature, and then, um, but they used uh, they did in vitro and they used uh, like donor sperm, and so. I am biologically related to my mom. I'm not biologically related to my dad, which is crazy because if you were to look up a picture of my dad, like we look very similar. No shit. Yeah. So, is there any like, um, do do you plan on ever like talking to him or reaching out to him or anything like that? Uh, it is something that I have thought about, and especially because I talk about it in my act, mm -hmm. um, I I would, you know. Um, and like I said, I've looked him up on social media, you know, done all my stalking, stuff like that. But for me, it's like, I don't, I don't know if I would ever actually want to reach out to him and form a relationship with him in that way, because it's like, I have a great relationship with my father. I see. I love my dad. My dad is one of my favorite people in this world. I get, like I was talking earlier, like my dad, you know, like introduced me to like music and mm -hmm. everything. And, you know, there's so much like. And, and for me, in a way, it feels like it would be a little bit disrespectful. Mm. Yeah. Have, so did your your parents told you just last year then? Yeah. No kidding, man. Yeah. How did you kind of react to that, if you don't mind me asking? If we don't want to talk about this. No, no, yeah. I, no. I, I mean, I do. I talk about it in my act. It's mm. something I'm very, uh, very open about. Um, but uh, they, you know, they told me, they did tell me uh, on the phone. They told me they were like, look, uh, you know, your brother has known for a month now because my brother... Um, he has a fiance. Like I said, he's getting married in two weeks, and uh, they wanted to do twenty three and me, and so he did it. My parents were a little bit apprehensive, and uh, and then you know they kind of, you know, were like had to play their card, and we're like, all right, you know, we have to tell you this, 
And uh, so I found that out. I was just kind of, it was shock. I mean, it definitely is shocking. Right, yeah. It definitely, you're like, wow, wow. It is, but then, you know, your first thought is immediately to go online. Absolutely. And, you know, be like, okay, there's a whole community of people who have experienced this. And then there's also a whole community of people who don't even know who their sperm donor is. Mm. Like, there's, you know, a lot of people, like, anonymous donations, which I couldn't even imagine. I'm, you know, I'm grateful that my parents at least, you know, got to choose and, you know, I have, because I think everybody has the right to know where they come from biologically. Right. So, yeah. Were you angry at all that it took them this oh, long? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, a lot of anger. I mean, definitely. Still, still very, still very angry, if I'm being honest. Yeah, for sure. And that's like anger that you'll always carry with you. But also you have to have empathy for, you know, your parents as people. And that's something that I have uh, have definitely learned. So, yeah. Yeah. And how, if you don't mind me asking, how was how did that kind of conversation go between your brother and your fa- father? Like, when did... Did they meet like in person or? I think they um, they they were just uh, kind of corresponding over social media. But he did meet um, one of our half siblings, mm-hmm. and uh, it's crazy because she's like re- she's religious, like and she, you know she's. I was like that's insane that there's somebody out there who you know is like a god a god girl, and I'm like I'm related to you. I'm related to somebody who's into God. I don't know. That's crazy to me because I always. Uh, both of my parents are like from New York and, you know, kind of like, you know, Jews from New York. And I always thought that uh, I, I was like, that's, you know, that's my lineage and everything. And then to find out mm. that the guy is just some like because when we got my brother got the test results back, it was like, you know, it was like over 50 percent Ashkenazi Jewish. And then the other 40 percent was like some type of like, you know, like European. I think it was maybe like English or something like that. I, I don't remember exactly. Uh, but it's like that's why they. That's that's why they had to tell us because it's like if we were any other type of like white, I feel like they could have just been like, oh, you know, you do twenty three and me because twenty three and me is not going to be like, oh, your dad's not your biological dad. But if you right. grow up your whole life thinking that you're a hundred percent Ashkenazi Jewish, and then you get that test, and it's like you're not a hundred percent Ashkenazi Jewish, you're like, uh oh. Wow, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. That's so wild, dude. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to go there. But no, then, no it's, okay. it's something that I, you know, I definitely like, I don't mind talking about. I have like, honestly, like doing jokes about it and like working it into my set mm-hmm. has personally been very therapeutic for me. So it's like, it's definitely something I don't mind talking about. So do you know how many siblings that you have then or half siblings that you have? I think like at least like seven or eight. Gosh. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Just know you, you just were in contact with just one of them. I didn't. I my brother was. Oh, okay, I didn't. Okay. I haven't contacted any of them. I haven't contacted the sperm donor. It's like, and it's really like. I mean, part of. I'm definitely there's like a curiosity there. But then at the end of the day, it's like I don't know if I have the emotional energy right now in my life because it's like I want to focus on comedy. Mm-hmm. I want to focus on my job, and you know that is that's like a crazy thing to introduce into your life. Right, especially yeah. like I like you were saying just a, a year ago. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. Like a lot yeah. of people will, f- or I don't know how this works, but it's. Actually, I really don't know. It, it seems like once you hit 18, that's when it's more susceptible to happening where your parents are going to be more honest with it. You know what I mean? They'll yeah. wait till you're... That's so crazy, dude. That's a wild story. Yeah, and, it but, is. Yeah. Do you feel like that may... Like, I mean, obviously with your relationship with your parents, but like, has it changed you as a person? I mean, oh, 100%. It makes you think a lot about like... Uh, like existential things like oh my god like why am I here you know like somebody you know paid money and now that I'm here and I was already like definitely like a pretty like you know existential angsty person like you know fucking like 
listening to punk and like, you know, reading philosophy. So I already was like, why the fuck am I here? And then to find that out, it immediately just adds like another layer of questioning. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm here and my parents at the end of the day, like, like they love me and like, you know, I'm here for a reason. Yeah. So yeah. Well, good for you, dude. Good yeah. for you for, you know, it, it's got to take some kind of strength that obviously a lot of people don't understand, will never comprehend. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And that, that, and for you, that can only help you so uh, in your future and you as a person. Oh, you yeah, know what 100%. I mean? To be stronger and to, I don't know, look at life at a different angle. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? But it, but it just, it also shows that more I'm like, I know how badly my, my parents, you know, wanted to have me and my brother. Right. So it's like, I get it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just you and your brother? Yeah, you just me and my brother. Yeah. You guys what grew up in New York or Massachusetts? Massachusetts. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like Western Massachusetts, like right on the border of upstate New York. Like so, we were like an hour from Albany. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Where'd you go to college? I uh, briefly went to college in Vermont. Nice. Yeah. Uh, how was it growing up there, like in the East Coast? Because I've never been to the East Coast. Like, You've never been to the East never Coast. Never been to like New York, like the most like Florida and then like Toronto, but I've. Anything in between, I'd never been. That's crazy. Dude, you'd never been to the East Coast? I know. My, my, we're probably going to oh go to New God. York in the next year or two. But. It's, I mean, honestly, like where I grew up. So do you know Do you know who Norman Rockwell is? I mentioned earlier the painter, you know? Uh, no. So he's know. like this, like, I'm sure you would recognize his paintings. He like basically was like, is, is a, like the dude for like old Americana, like, you know, just like 1950s, 1940s paintings. And that's kind of described like, because he painted a lot of his stuff, like where I'm from. Mm -hmm. And that's how I describe it. It's, you know, it's like Gilmore Girls. You ever watch Gilmore yeah, Girls? Yeah. It's like oh, that. Okay. It's, so it's just like so like idyllic, like small town, you know, like okay. Dawson's Creek type stuff. Right. Just it, it really, it really was idyllic and I love it and I, I miss it. But I think it goes back to too, what we were talking about earlier, where it's like some people just need to get as far away from like where they were from as possible because it's like you're making yourself uncomfortable to grow. So, yeah. yeah. Do you feel like moving out to LA that's changed you a bit? Oh, yeah, 100%. How so? Sure. I mean, I definitely have more street smarts than I do when I was living in Massachusetts. That is, that is for fucking sure. The first year that I lived here, anybody that talked to me, I talked to them, you know, on the bus. I was very welcoming. Anybody that asked me, offered, like, that was like asking me for a cigarette, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I'll give you two. Now I'm just like, I just say no to everybody. I'm like, whatever you're selling, I don't want to buy it. Just like, get out of my face. Like, you know, so like, definitely is like, I, it made me like, you know, a little bit more cynical in that way for sure and do you do you appreciate that or do you kind of look at it and be like what happened to me no i i, I appreciate because i think i still do have that like i still carry that like i still you know always say like thank you to the bus driver and i right. try and have like nice you know interactions when i can with you know people to kind of be like we're all you know we're all in this together and you know bring that like small town vibe but also there are so many people like you have to keep your guard up like if you're if you're taking public transit everywhere especially in la that's true like, you you have to like you i think it's good like I, I don't think i think i'd be in a lot more trouble if i didn't develop that like kind of mindset you carry a weapon on you uh, i do yeah good good yeah. for you dude good for you <laughs> i don't i don't know why i don't yeah it's not like i'm a big guy yeah <laughs> well you, but you also you have a car a car the yeah. car's your weapon <laughs> <laughs> no i was uh what's it called do you know who justin borland is um, Justin Borland? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. It, no. it, it was, he was a, like a smaller comic, um, but it was funny because I didn't know he carried a knife with him. We went to the comedy store once and he had to get his knife back from one of the door guys or the security. 
And then I, I was just like, damn, I didn't know you carried a knife because I have to. I'm little. And yeah. I was like, damn, dude. Like, I'd, I I just did jujitsu, so I think I can protect myself. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, if someone comes to me with a knife, I'm probably fucked. You know, I carry I carry a knife um, in my backpack sometimes. I do. It does kind of get tricky because it's like I'm going to a lot of like concerts and shows like oh, that. Oh, that's true. And so I'm like, I can't always have a knife Fuck. or pepper spray. And so I'm like, it it is it, it is hard because you're like, you go to so many places where you're like, fuck, I can't. Like, I, I it's having a weapon out. Yeah. There's a liability. Especially yeah. at night, dude. Yeah. Fuck, man. I mean, I used to hear stories when I was down in Hollywood how just fucking, you know, the homeless would be, just be freaking out on people and fucking with them. And yeah. I'm like, fuck that, dude. I, I honestly find that the best thing, like, I mean, obviously it's good to carry, like, you want to carry a weapon and everything, but really just, like, keeping your head up and looking like you know where you're going. Like, mm. I feel like that's the biggest, like, people people can tell if somebody true. is, like, lost and uncomfortable, and I, and I feel like you that's only something that you get by just keeping, being on the streets. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say Ruff being on the streets. Street. No, 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 no. <laughs> If you ever do like the, what are they called? Like the asking people on the street things? That should be your shit. Mandy Robbins on the streets yeah. from the streets. <laughs> where, um, where do you see yourself with comedy in the next 10 years? Like what's your end goal with this? Oh man, my end goal. I mean, wow. What is, and what is anybody's end goal? I mean, I want to just keep doing it, getting better, you know, 10 years from now, I'd love to have at least an hour. I mean, like that's really like, you know, that's, that, that would be, that would definitely be the goal. Um, you know, and honestly like not quitting, you know, there's so many people even only two and a half years in that I've met that just stopped doing it. And for me, yeah. it's like, it's like, I just could never imagine stopping, you know, what, what, like nothing else feels right. So, you know, have you met more people that has stopped than kept going? In your two and a half years? Uh, luckily, no. I've met a lot of people who are still like that I had that was I was there, you know, doing mics with them two and a half years ago that are still there. So there have been there have been more people that I've met that are still in it mm. than than drop out. But I've met a few people where it's just like they're just like, oh yeah, I just stopped. And I'm just like, oh yeah, I forgot that you can just do that. You can just be like, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop. But that's you know, ten years from now, the goal is to have not stopped right. and um, have an hour. Have hopefully. an hour, yeah. <laughs> Which seems like it's kind of like that's the average right like yeah. doing 10 years that's when you kind of finally find your hour yeah which is crazy because then you meet people who have, who have been doing it for like i don't know like i don't know how people how long like where basically what i'm saying is like you work 10 years you finally have that first hour and then all of a sudden that person's coming up with a special every other year yeah. almost right like so that's fucking crazy to think about too like once you get your hour at the first 10 years then you're just pumping shit out like yeah. it's almost i mean that make that makes sense though yeah, yeah. so crazy dude so wild, this whole fucking thing. It's again, like, dude, and what is this episode twenty nine? Everyone still, I'll ask the same, sometimes the same questions, like the process. Everyone's process is the same. I'm like, God damn it, there's got to be something I can learn to where I can accelerate this just a little bit. Maybe, yeah. maybe not ten years. Maybe I can do it in nine. You know, <laughs> but it, it is, yeah, it is only something that, yeah, you got, you just get better by by time, and you know, keep doing it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure, like, life experiences will, like like you said, it re learning that, you know, your bio or biological father reinvigorated your comedy. I'm oh. sure stuff, like, that happens in life will do that. Oh, 100%. I mean, that's, like, kind of what you're betting on, right? Like, you're, mm. like, you're hoping that, like, you know, you go out and, you know, you live so you can get things to talk about. Wow. Yeah. Good shit, dude. Well, I'm, I'm going to cap it off here soon. Um, but what would be, like, some advice, what, what would be an advice for someone who just started off or like, like myself less than six months in, what would be the, the advice that you would give someone like myself? Keep showing up. Don't stop showing up. Find people that you like being around that you like hanging out with 
that you know you can like develop those like those friendships with and kind of just like hold hold yourself accountable with that person like find like a buddy find just like somebody you know it's kind of like working out in a way where you're like it is better it's better with somebody it's better with friends you know people like to go on runs with their friends people like to have workout buddies it's like find somebody that you know where you're like we're we're kind of in this together and obviously you know you have to be be on your own be a self-starter but it is like you want to have people where you're like you know check in build build community and keep showing up okay yeah that's good that's good. That's something new I haven't heard yet. Really? So yeah, yeah. 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 The community thing. Because that would make sense, though, because you're right. Like, going to the gym with someone makes it more fun and just it, – it, it gets redundant, right? Like, yeah. I, it hasn't gotten redundant for me yet. Like, hitting mics hasn't – I haven't gotten to that point. But going to the gym, I did that for years, and it just get it does get redundant. Does it get redundant for you hitting these mics now? I mean, I mean, yeah, definitely for sure. But, yeah. And how do you keep it fresh? Um, I tr- Try new mics, new material. Yeah, I mean, but it's – yeah, it is it is hard to keep it fresh for sure. Okay. Well, um, thank you so much, Mandy. I really do of appreciate course. you coming thank out here you. and being on this podcast. Let's let everyone know where they can find you on the socials. Uh, you can find me at Mandy Robs on Instagram. Uh, it's the main one. Yeah, mainly just posts on Instagram. So, fuck yeah. Well, thank you again, Mandy. I appreciate it. And of thank course. you, everyone, for watching and listening. Bye.